Hi all, welcome to Anime Echoes. We'll be going through the last installment for Bakano Light Novel 5. Last time we left off with Phil having stabbed Dez, and then feeling perhaps that she shouldn't have hoped for something better after all. After this, Shez also gets knocked out, alongside another Phil. But as we all know, Phil has multiple bodies, so she's not completely captured or anything. But Shez is. Phil resolves herself, thinking like she can't cry until she has helped Shez. Shez wakes up to villagers around him. He thinks the heart of the plan was to capture him and that it came from Dez. But it turns out it was Felt. The guy we thought we created genuine connection with. The son actually betrayed Miser and the gang. Shez is surprised and thinks to himself that betrayal still stings pretty deeply. He's also thinking back to like Fermit. See, Shez hasn't felt this kind of pain in such a long time that he forgot it hurt so much. He had been hanging out with like Miser and the gang, like people who accept him, so he hadn't actually felt genuine betrayal in a while. He looks at the villagers before him, and he's not frightened at all. They're nothing like the rail tracer, of course. There's no need to be scared. In fact, the villagers are afraid. It's the same as Vermin. He was afraid of Shez, and he enacted violence on him, and now the villagers are trying to do the same. They're just scared of him. Shez starts to laugh because of what Alma said before about him being really lucky to have found the 0.01% of people who are good was true. See, Shez knew that people could have evil hearts, and that perception had clouded his judgement on Miser and the gang. He just couldn't believe that they could be that good of people, and fundamentally, that he could have met such amazing people, that he could have been so lucky. But when he actually sees people he genuinely doesn't like, like the um, villagers before him, when he sees the wickedness that people can have, well then his actual friends genuinely shine. They shine so brightly to him. With this he has resolve. He feels grounded emotionally. He jumps back into the fire to undo his rope. We get an awesome image of like Shez encased in flames. Probably my favourite image of the novel. It's such a good moment and it just looks badass. He's like engulfed in flames. Um, he's like burnt a bit but he's like kind of coming out of it like a ghoul. It just it looks so good. Um, anyway, he tells all the villagers to move as they look on in shock, and just walks out after throwing his flaming jacket. He's a badass, and it's a, it's a really good scene. It's such a great moment of his character, and he develops in that moment too. Like, who knew that Shez could obtain, like, genuine clarity by experiencing a betrayal? But it makes so much sense. I really love this scene, and so far, this is my favourite scene in the novel. Uh, 10 out of 10, Shez is a great character. After this, we get a funny scene where, like, Niall gets, like, accidentally hit by a truck that Mize is driving. Um, like, Niall was go- trying to, like, go save Shez, and then he was gonna, like, like, attack the villagers and stuff like that. But then Mize just, like, hits him. Because he thought that, like, Niall would, like, move out of the way. It was... <laughs> it's just ridiculous, but funny. So after this, the, the feel that was, like, previously angry, her anger has kind of dissipated a bit. She believes that she needs to actually atone for the death she just caused. For killing Dez. Nile gets mad at her and tells her that the villagers are misguided and that if she ever decides to go back, he would have no problem raising them to the ground. He says to her that she may not be wrathful, but he is. I wonder where Nile's like wrath comes from. I wonder where Nile's like wrath comes from. And could this also be talking about anger in general or holding on to anger? Phil dissipated her anger, but Niles is basically telling her to hold on to it. Alma butts in saying that they should care about the villagers in like some sense. 
Alma says that if a person can smile, then they can be redeemed. Nile talks about like Zillard and how the idea of redeeming him would leave a bad taste in his mouth. Zillard has killed 27 people after all. He says he has seen people like Alma on the battlefield and he never works out for them. The positive perspective is just a delusion. Alma rebuts. He says that obviously it wouldn't work on the battlefield. That's a place where people are killing people to protect something. That's why I'm here and not there. Alma says that in order to make a happy ending, he would sell the world to the devil without a second thought. After this, I thought this must be like the more nefarious side of Alma. Nefarious in the sense that it's like exaggerated. Like he will do anything, like absolutely anything, in order for a happy ending to occur. Selling the world to like a demon sounds like a bad ending, so they say it's like a contradiction, but I think that's the point. Alma will always resolve himself for the happy ending, no matter what. After this, Sylvie gets captured and bound by like a shadowy figure. The figure is talking about taking over her body. Sylvie says confidently that she will win the mental battle. I remember at this time, I was very confused. I was like, only someone with the liquid could make the mental battle actually occur in the first place. So who is this person? Sylvie tells the shadow that once a witch gains eternal beauty, then they think that now all my wishes have come true. Now it's time to make others' wishes come true as well. So basically, despite the self-centeredness of a witch, you eventually help others out. But the shadow says that he can't do that. He doesn't have that much leeway. Now it turns out the shadow is felt. Now we get to the big reveal. So it turns out, the actual felt, the real son of Dez, died when he was young. See, Dez the homunculus had gone to the top of the village, and in effect, the top of his world, right? His world is, in effect, the village, of course. Like, he married the daughter of the head as well. He was, like, at the top. But his wife was ill, and he didn't want her to know that her son had died. So he played both the part of the son and the father, using the liquid on his own son. After that, she passed away, and the dynamic started to form. Des the incompetent father, and felt the competent son. That was their dynamic. So before when we see all the villagers looking up to Felt and shit-talking Dez, well, it turns out that they're just the same person. They share the same hive mind. After hearing about the outside world properly from, like, Sylvie, um, Felt slash Dez decides he wants to go out, and he hated the entire village too, so he wanted to end them all. He has also put the liquid into the, like, lumps of meat. So actually, he can kind of turn into, like, a meat slime monster, and he starts laughing. Um, but Alma says in a piercing tone to not fake laugh. I really like this scene because Alma can tell when a laugh isn't fully real. He's very in tune with that. So with this line, like we the reader can tell that there's going to be more about like felt when it comes to like his internal stuff. Like how he feels internally, he's just not being honest right now. So now we get into the fight. Basically, Alma vomits like oil over the meat slime thinger and Miser ignites it. But the meat fragments end up going into like Elmer's mouth, which contains the liquid. The liquid could result in like Felt taking over his mind. But Elmer says to Miser, like to basically eat him if that occurs. So he takes a bet on himself. And Miser agrees. But it's like more of a ruse actually. See, Miser had slit Elmer's belly and gotten the meat fragments out. And Felt could not tell because of the angle that they were both standing. After this, Felt appears to be like dying, and he says like, serve you right to Alma and smiles. Alma says, once you're dead, I'll smile. He talks about how dead people don't like bother him, I guess. 
And then we see Elmer's more true nature. Since Felt smiles, thinking those words to Elmer, like thinking like, screw you, in Elmer's mind, that's a happy ending for Felt. It was a genuine, evil smile, of course. And that's where we get the narration about Elmer's character. See, Elmer is evil, truly a demon. All he cared about was creating a happy ending. And that's it. A villain who wasn't aware he was one. Elmer works at the behest of a happy ending. Everything else be damned. Now back to Phils. She's mad at Felt for all the like selfish crap that Felt did. All the abuse. But if Felt dies, she has no object to direct her anger towards. Without anyone to direct it to, then what's all this anger and rage for? So she does the unthinkable. She downs the vial of like liquid, and then unfortunately, Felt has taken over her body. She's lost. But before Nile could attack, another Phil slaps the Phil that was just taken over. Phil basically allowed Felt to live. She says to him that he shouldn't think that he can just take the easy way out by dying. Not after all you did. Don't think that dying would make us happy. Don't take us for fools. This is a great scene where Phil is basically giving out all of her pent-up rage and anger and making it tangible with a slap. After this, Alma tells Felt that now he can actually make amends and atone. Felt in Phil's body, I'll just call him Felt, um, is like, why should I do that? And let's say I did that, like, what's next? Alma says that what's next would be seeing the outside world, and you can show it to the villagers too. This makes Felt think for a bit, and then he asks, do you think I can be happy? As a roundabout way to answer this question, Alma talks about how there exists many people without hope. Terrible things happen every day. Darkness tends to cloud the minds of people. Despite this, denying hope is an insult to one's life. It's not a crime to be unhappy, but it is not to seek happiness. Alma says he doesn't understand what Felt went through, and even if he went through the exact same thing, he would probably like experience it differently. Despite all that, Alma says that he's seen the outside world, and don't you want to see it too, Felt? I'll show you happiness, I will. In that moment, Felt doesn't trust Alma. In fact, he never did, but Alma has always represented the outside world to him, the possibility of something different, and finally, he was fully tempted by the demon known as Alma. Felt cries because he's finally like begun to actually hope for something better. He has hope now. Now, after this, Alma does something kind of cruel and also kind of crazy as well. Alma pours, like, like fills, like, water into the well. So all of the village's memories are filled with the memories of Phil. They get to see how pure-hearted she was and that she actually wanted to protect them despite all of this. They caused her so much pain and suffering and now they get to see it firsthand. This kind of reminds me of when Shez thinks that he can't eat Isaac because if he did, he will be flooded with the memories of Isaac and he would be able to see just how much of an amazing person he actually was. To carry that with you for eternity would be torture. But Alma does exactly that to all the villagers. Basically saying like, look at what you did. He does it so that the misunderstanding will go away. One thing that's interesting, like just as a fallout of this, now the villagers know that Christmas is just Christmas. Like not some demon ritual. After this, we hear about two people being married. I think this might be like Firo and Ennis. Like I can't wait to actually see this happen if this is it. We're now in the more like epilogue section of the novel and we check in with Miza. He says he wants to find Denkuro and wants to go back to New York. She's just like, yeah, I'll come along too. Miza says he wants to see if like the new Super Mario is out. <laughs> I thought that was like pretty funny. 
I think Shares and Miser are a really good duo, and I'm really keen to see like their story play out. I hope they kind of like stick together. After some time, it appears that Fel is like feeling lost. He wants to atone for like what he's done. See, he's also seen through like Phil's memories, like how wretched he actually was. But he feels lost. He's allured by the outside world, but doesn't know like what to do. In response to this, Sylvie offers some guidance, and she talks about her past. Turns out, she was absolutely consumed by vengeance. She wouldn't kill Zillard for taking the life of her beloved, Miser's brother. That's why she changed her appearance. It wasn't just to look beautiful. If she looked different, then it would be easier to kill Zillard. He wouldn't recognize her. But once Zillard was dead, she felt like empty. It was almost like her goal in life was gone. She didn't know what to do. She was in a terrible, terrible place. She says without Miser and Nile, she might not have made it. Essentially, what she's talking about is how she had the wrong goal, and not only that, had to give it up. Even if she had killed Zillard, like what's next? There was nothing. The goal was too finite. But Felt's goal isn't like that. Wanting to see the outside world is amazing and is quite frankly, potentially endless. Even in her like 300 years of exploring, she hasn't conquered it. She also tells Felt to pay attention to those around you, because Miser and Nile did help her. I think what she's saying is that when you have a goal, and only that single goal is on your mind, you might miss out on the rest of the world. You might miss like the precious things in your life. So she's telling Felt to not be so obsessed with the goal that he forgets to look around at those that are there for him at that moment. It's pretty good advice, I think, from Sylvie. I'm really curious to see like Sylvie's past and her being on her like vengeance quest. I'm curious to see if we'll get like a deep dive into it. This was also a great scene with genuine wisdom, I think. She also tells him to smile. I think this harkens back to what Alma told Shez in a way. A smile is warm and so can melt ice into water. The idea of melting ice into water was the idea that people can change and develop. If Felt smiles, he can change and develop and not only that, smiling will make him like more receptive to the love of others. I think this entire scene kind of reiterates his point to Shez. I think that's why Sylvie mentions Alma even though she doesn't actually know about that conversation between Alma and Shez. We check in on Phils and she feels uneasy like just thinking about the idea of like Bill Quates, like grandfather having such a large hand in her life. But she like chooses to smile more now. That she wants to see the outside world and perhaps after forgiving Felt, they both can smile to Alma and he can smile back. She has genuine hope for that. And keep in mind this idea in her head is a real smile, like a genuine one. After this, um, Alma starts talking like philosophically about how it's possible that everyone is homunculus, that we all have flasks where we can't imagine anything to be better, and that the only way to expand the glass flask is to heat it, and that a smile is warm enough to do just that. We're talking about how a smile can break through like someone's worldview of what is possible, and it's not just breaking it, but it's expanding it. It's almost like the power of having like positive outlook. They start talking about how Alma is sad and he couldn't like show like Valentine's Day to Phil and make chocolate and like things like that. Sylvie says that chocolate is just for like promoting sales, nothing more than that. Alma rebuts that they're underplaying it. He says that there are personal touches that are being put in. Alma says that they should like introduce new customs to the village. Right now the village was more of like a sealed glass bottle than a flask. A flask will confine you. But a sealed glass bottle is something where anything can be made. Good and bad things are born. The possibilities are endless. Alma screams, welcome to our bottle. 
I think the general idea is like it's a bottle, so it's something that can be filled. It has a cap you can remove and fill it up with. Now we cut away and we finally get to see what the wish Elmer received from the demon. Basically, he asked the demon to smile. The demon feels very unsettled by this. He says he can't do that. Elmer says, well, then can you look over Miser in human form? Travel around the world with him until Miser is able to give you a good belly laugh. The demon says that he'll do it. This was really interesting, especially the demon's hesitation to not smiling. It really shows how much like conviction it takes to legitimately smile. Like Elmer is wishing for a legitimate smile from the demon, like something genuine that might go against his like very existence. I wonder who the demon is. Is it someone we already know? I want to see Miser laugh. We get to the end and we see Felt now going as Phil Niburi. He's at the restaurant and apparently the demon is there too. And he's also talking to Isaac and Miriam. And that's how it ends. I really love this volume, like so much. Like I think this is easily my favourite volume so far. I love the atmosphere, the twists, the turns, Elmer's character who I thought I would find obnoxious but he ended up being like super cool. The Shez moment was great with him burning himself, but really and truly it was the mystery element that I loved, and also the pacing. I just really enjoyed it. My ranking now is in first place this volume, then volume 3, then volume 4, and then I'm undecided whether I like volume 1 or 2 more. Either way, thanks for listening. Now going forward with this podcast, I'll be releasing episodes just based on like what portion I read, and then giving like the like initial impressions of that. So the release schedule might be like kind of random, but it will be more like frequent. So uh, look out for that. Anyhow, thanks for listening and look forward to volume six.